Welcome back to African Dialogue. Well, today we're looking at Ethiopia, where Ethiopians have voted in a crucial parliamentary election taking place against the backdrop of war and famine in the northern uh, Tigray region and questions over the poll's credibility, with Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed expected to cement his hold on power. Abiy, a Nobel Peace Laureate who freed political prisoners, welcomed back exiles and ended a long Cold War with neighboring Eritrea before sending troops to confront the, dissent, the dissident leadership of Tigray late last year. He's also promised that this election will be Ethiopia's most competitive in history, free of the repression that marred previous ballots. To help us with the discussion, we're joined by Angela Siseka Sese. He's a journalist based in Addis Ababa. That's in Ethiopia, right in the heart of things. Thank you so much, Angela, as always, for giving us your time. You're welcome. Tell us, what is the mood like uh, in Ethiopia, or well, in Addis uh, today? Uh, uh, yesterday, as you said, there was a voting date, and uh, uh, it was ex- the voting time was extended by uh, three hours uh, until uh, nine in the evening. So uh, today, uh, some of the polling stations have already begun uh, posting the results. Uh, because, uh, but it is uh, too early to predict uh, who is winning where, uh, because this uh, polling station, uh, each polling station can only uh, uh, announce the result of uh, maximum 1,500 uh, people. So you may tell uh, this polling station has X, or, uh, Mr. X, or this party has won in this specific polling station. But you cannot tell until you sum up all those uh, small stations all together and say this party has won uh, with this amount. So we expect the result to be uh, announced with less than uh, 10 years, as the National Electoral Board said. Uh, but the, the mood in Addis is uh, yesterday was also peaceful and the people are were happy and eager to vote until in the evening they were lining up. Uh, to vote, so uh, people are excited, uh, especially in Addis. Uh, uh, there are two major competi- uh, competitors: uh, the ruling coalition and uh, uh, the uh, oppo- the major opposition, which is called Izema. So the competition was between the two, uh, especially in Addis. So well, we uh, people are fifty-fifty uh, kind of uh, feelings that. Uh, they might share the opposition and the ruling coalition may share uh, the ruling and the, oppos- uh, the opposition, the major opposition is a mind. Prosperity may share the seats in the Addis Ababa uh, parliament. That's the opinion you hear from uh, most of the people because they elect one for the city and the other for the uh, national council or the parliament. So some people uh, told me that they voted one because they gave one vote to the other and the other one to the other. So it's kind of uh, uh, mixing the uh, parliament, unlike the previous results, which used to be 100% dominated by the ruling. So this time around, I think there is a mix of uh, results that's expected from the Addis Ababa and at the national level. Mm. There are also some independent uh, competitors who we are hearing that uh, they have got seats in Addis uh, in some places, 
but it's not yet confirmed until uh, those results are summed up. So there will be a different result from the previous parliament, uh, obviously. So people are happy to see the election going more or less peacefully and uh, in a fair manner. Mm. And now, what has the electoral uh, body said with regards to those um, areas that weren't allowed, uh, weren't able to vote? Uh, there is a rescheduling plan. Uh, some areas where the ballot paper delayed, uh, uh, as uh, the director, the electoral board head was uh, speaking last night around midnight. She said that some areas will be allowed to vote today because the logistics uh, to reach those specific localities, especially in the southern area, uh, is difficult to complete uh, within uh, yesterday time frame. So today some areas will be voting. And in some areas also where the ballot paper was not complete, those areas are also expected to uh, vote as soon as the ballot paper has arrived in those specific localities. But she didn't say exact date for those areas. We're also joined by Isabel Bosman. She's a researcher in the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Thank you for giving us your time, Isabel. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We're just uh, getting some uh, uh, introductory comments from Andulam, giving us an idea of what has been happening in Addis and that voting went uh, fairly well uh, yesterday. But also, you know, there are the areas of concern where there were regions that weren't allowed allowed to vote. Uh, without the vote of those regions, does the election even really count? Uh, I think question um, to ask at this point. And uh, I would say it uh, severely complicates um, deciding whether to call these elections really democratic and, and free and fair. And apart from, uh, from some regions not participating now, we do know that they have been scheduled um, to, to vote on the 6th of September. Um, but if the situation in the country does not improve, um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty um, surrounding that, and uh, it's uh, sort of up in the air um, whether it will in, in fact happen. And then you also had key opposition in this election um, and simply not standing, um, basically giving a default uh, to uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed's party. How crucial are these elections, uh, Isabel? Um, for me, I think we can approach this question uh, on two levels. Um, so first, we need to ask, uh, what do these elections mean for Abiy Ahmed himself? Um, so he's come to power in 2018 um, after the TPLF dominated uh, very authoritarian uh, coalition government was ousted. Um, and he's promised democracy um, from the minute he, he, he uh, came into power and uh, immediately took measures of improvement to weed out corruption, and this is really his electoral test, um, and also that of the, the new party he created, um, the Prosperity Party. And then the second level, we need to ask, uh, what do these elections mean for, for the country and for Ethiopians? Um, so there have been elections in Ethiopia for decades, but uh, they were largely superficial and served to embolden this authoritarian government and really not democratic at all. 
Um, so these elections uh, were really meant to be the first step on Ethiopia's journey to democratic consolidation um, and truly meant to be multi-party in the true sense of the word. So there's a lot riding on, on these elections. What are your thoughts, uh, Andulim? What is the what is the, the the feeling of the people? Do they understand the importance of these elections? Well, most of the people are uh, uh, very happy to uh, hold this election because, as you may recall, uh, there were too many crises, ethnic conflicts after TPLF lost its power in April uh, 2018. There were many. Uh, directory or indirectly TPLF implicated conflicts across the country. So that has led the country, the people to be unstable and to say that uh, this government has not been able to handle, to lead the country properly. So we need this election to take place and uh, make sure that uh, a legitimate government comes to power and uh, assures the safety of the people. So people are very much happy to vote whoever they want to vote and bring to power, who can uh, make sure that at least people will not be displaced because of their ethnicity or will not be killed or attacked in any part of the country and will be able to freely move around and work. So the people want to have legitimate uh, government as soon as possible. Therefore, uh, in my opinion, uh, the significance is very much paramount for most of the Ethiopians uh, to have a legitimate government. In that case, it's uh, more than uh, uh, bringing somebody into power. This is more, the, more about uh, making sure that uh, Ethiopia has a, a legitimate government, which can uh, bring, uh, make sure that at least people will not be killed because of their ethnicity or will not be displaced. Uh, because of any kind of uh, uh, violence, ethnic. So they want a strong government in any case, whether it is the ruling party to be continued or the opposition coming to power or a mixed coalition government. But the people want uh, somebody who can be strong and make sure that uh, uh, Ethiopia will be able not only to stabilize the uh, internal politics, but also be strong in the regional politics so that the external influence, especially related to the Nile, uh, the Abai River or the Great Renaissance Dam, coming from external pressure, will be handled properly and diplomatically by a uh, legitimate government. That's what we hear from most people. Mm-hmm. Isabel, would, uh, the Prime Minister has promised that this would this is or has rather emphasised that this is the nation's first attempt at free and fair elections. Would you say that's an accurate uh, reflection? Um, so, I would say uh, yes, it's the first attempt at free and fair elections. But I would caution against uh, off the bat deciding these elections are free and fair. Um, I'll explain my thought process. Um, so when we talk about um, an election is considered when voters are able to decide whether or not to vote and then to vote freely um, for, for the candidates and parties of, of, of their choice without intimidation. The problem with the 
Ethiopia's current elections is, of course, as we know, that one-fifth of uh, its more than 500 constituencies uh, is not participating mm. or did not participate yesterday. And those people effectively have to um, That choice of not to participate was made for them. And as I said earlier, even though um, they had scheduled elections in, in those September. Uh, um, if the situation between now and then does not improve, I think we will find ourselves reflecting on these questions again in a few months. Um, and then, of course, the fact that some opposition parties are simply not standing because they have boycotted the election. In the Oromo region, especially the Oromo Liberation Front, um, the Oromo Federalist Cong- uh, Congress are not standing. And then when it comes to whether these elections are fair, I think we need to look at whether the political playing field um, was level and whether all parties were able to compete for political power freely. And with the amount of uh, political leaders in jail, I think that severely puts uh, that status in question. Mm. That's the voice of Isabel Bosman. She's a researcher in the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute for International Affairs. She's also joined by Andilem Sesei-Kasese. He's an independent journalist based in Addis Ababa. That's in Ethiopia. Let's go for a break. When we come back, I'd like us to talk more about the Tigray region and the challenges there that uh, that region is particularly facing. That region is one of the, uh, the areas that wasn't able to vote but there's so much going on there and um, we can't speak about Ethiopia without bringing in this very important aspect of the country. Welcome to Change Your Game here on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg in South Africa. My name is Asanda Peta. Uh, GDF Forum is about and what an opportunity it provides specifically for the audience of Change Your Game. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. More support, just like invest more in young creatives and entrepreneurship, but actually do it. Don't just talk about it, actually do it, you know, because there are a lot of creative minds, there are a lot of intelligent human beings in our country, so I think they should invest more in that and take it seriously, because it's a real thing. Catch us every Friday at 900 hours Central African time with Channel Africa, the African Perspective. Africa, this is Pule Mulebazi, the host for the Albinism Report. Remember to tune into the show every Monday morning at 5 past 9 to 9.45 a.m. and again in the evening at 11.15 to 11 p.m. The Albinism Report, an enlightened narrative. Welcome back. You're still listening to African Dialogue. I'm on the line to Andilem Sesei-Kasese. He's an independent journalist based in Addis Ababa, that's in Ethiopia, as well as Isabel Bosman. She's a researcher in the African Governance Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute for International Affairs. And we're looking at Ethiopia, where elections were held yesterday amid um, a growing crisis in the northern Tigray region, but also uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed has promised that this would be a free and fair 
clear election uh, that the country will be having. Now, Andulem, if we look at the Northern Tigray region and what is happening there, has the Prime Minister made any attempts to, you know, or, or spoken about how this uh, region would be included in terms of allowing them to vote? Mm. Uh, I was listening the other day uh, during the voting day after he vo- immediately voted. He was uh, talking to a BBC journalist and uh, 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 he was saying that uh, the problem uh, in Tigray is being addressed by his uh, administration. But it is good to see the overall uh, uh, issue uh, behind the conflict in the uh, Tigray region. You see, as uh, many people uh, recall or uh, may forgot to uh, include in the report, is that uh, TPLF has been in power for 27 years, controlling the whole political and economic uh, situation in the country. So it is very strong uh, in terms of military, in terms of intelligence, and all those things. So they, when they lost uh, their power unexpectedly, and their coalition elected Prime Minister Abiy from Oromo ethnic tribe, it was very much surprised to not only TPLF, but also its supporters in the Western and the United States, including. So they thought that, based on the previous experience uh, and uh, from uh, coming to power TPLF in 1991, uh, they were rebel fighters and they had good experience in fighting and they know all the mountains in Tigray. So they thought that within a month, they will come back to power through military arms. That's what the TPLF has been bragging about on their national television. And that's what the whole world seems to believe. And when the uh, fighting broke out, uh, as uh, TPLF soldiers, militias, attacked the northern uh, command of the federal army, things unexpectedly changed. And the army managed to escape some of them to uh, 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 to go out with, uh, to neighboring Eritrea and managed to get the support from Eritrean side. So the TPLF could not be able to move uh, to the next region, which is the Amahala region, let alone to come to Addis and take power with the Namans. Mm. As a result, uh, things have become very much complicated and uh, the humanitarian situation gets worse and uh, it has become uh, an issue for international community, which somehow more or less supporters, which has been supporter of the TPLF administration for the past 20, for about three decades. So they began a uh, complete media campaign against the, the current administration, which they used to uh, celebrate. Now they said Abi is a criminal, and this administration has been accused of uh, killing and those things. But they didn't report anything about the uh, fighting, who started the fighting, and how many people have been killed during the 27 years TPLF was in power. So this imbalance has uh, uh, made some international communities to think that uh, Abiy Ahmed administration is the worst and not democratic. The reality is the balance. There is some democratic elements within the uh, prosperity. At the same time, there is also a problem with the TPLF, which uh, refused to accept its defeat from the federal government. So it's based on that uh, context that uh, 
things are now happening, and mm. most of the leaders who are now are either killed or arrested, while some are now in the mountains fighting uh, with the federal government. Mm. So this is what's happening on the ground. Mm. Isabel, how important, or rather, how does this um, growing concern that's happening in the Tigray region affect or dent the image of the prime minister? I mean, like uh, Andula has said, there's a growing humanitarian crisis, there's famine, you know, uh, women and children are being um, harassed. How, how does it dent the image of the prime minister? A uh, very good point to raise. Um, and uh, I would go so far as to say as it uh, it could potentially, well, it has already uh, reversed some of his biggest gains that uh, that Abiy Ahmed has made uh, since coming to power in, in 2018. Um, uh, most people most probably uh, recognize the name and immediately link it to the Nobel Peace Prize, which he won in, in 2019 after reaching a really long-awaited peace agreement with Eritrea. And now, of course, we have Eritrean forces again involved in Ethiopia. And I think the question on uh, on many analysts and scholars' minds uh, at the moment is, uh, well, what's going to happen when uh, peace eventually reaches uh, Tigray? Will um, those forces return to their country? And what kind of a hold um, does uh, or would this have um, over Abbey himself, um, it's 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 kind of uh, ironic that uh, this uh, man now being heralded um, as a peacemaker has uh, effectively allowed um, his country to now go at war with itself. Um, and um, I, I would also say, <clears throat> sorry. Um, Gains with uh, he significantly increased women's representation um, and this kind of oversight and in many cases uh, as we've seen in some recent interviews a denial of of the reality of what is happening in in, in Tigray um, the famine um, and outright denial that there is no hunger um, in Tigray also doesn't bode well and um, I think uh, perhaps the best possible path. Um, he could have chosen was to first address those most immediate concerns, the human rights abuses, um, the sexual abuse that we've heard numerous reports of, and of course, this really, really uh, pressing issue uh, of famine before emerging with elections, which could possibly um, just add more fuel to the fire and destabilize things even more. Is it important for him? And uh, if, if it is, how does he go about uh, bringing peace in, in, in that region or even uh, attempting to have these dialogues? I think that's uh, quite a, a tricky one to answer and uh, also something that I think many people uh, have been grappling with. So um, Abby's government um, has been adamant that they have achieved victory in the region um, by asking the TPLF leaders after they held their own election last year against um, decrees to not proceed with the election but to postpone it. Um, and uh, as we've seen, um, the Prosperity Party government, well, administration, Integrate currently has not opened uh, election offices. It is unclear um, what's going to happen 
in the region at all, as no elections have been scheduled there. And um, elections have been at the sort of at the center um, of this conflict, but it's also linked to, I would say, um, uh, prolonged periods of of uh, unhappiness that the TPLF has experienced, especially um, when Abiy uh, dissolved the Ethiopian People uh, Revolutionary Democratic Front, of which the TPLF was uh, a dominant party. So I think we might possibly uh, see more outside uh, involvement in, in the form of peacekeeping, um, although currently, as we see with uh, international aid, it's not currently being let in to the country. Um, I think uh, if, if anything, there will be uh, an, a further escalation of conflict before we see a downturn um, and leaders being willing to sit down and have these important discussions. And uh, even that might, might take some more uh, input from, from other leaders in the region. Well, let's go for another break. When we come back, we try to tie everything together and um, we ask Andulem when results are expected, when votes will be uh, counted, and also just that important question of those regions that haven't been able to vote. Uh, how long are they going to be given to to vote and um, what is coming out from the electoral, the electoral commission body? And, um, you know, for you as well, Isabel, are we likely to see the Prime Minister's party holding its power uh, as suggested by, by some analysts that we have spoken to and uh, the importance of us seeing changes in Ethiopia post this election? Africa, this is Pule Molebazi, the host for the Albinism Report. Remember to tune into the show every Monday morning at 5 past 9 to 9.45 a.m. And again in the evening at 11.15 to 11 p.m. The Albinism Report, an enlightened narrative. It is a tough clash between Africa 11 and World 11. Africa has the possession. Bafana Bafana. Great pass to the Mambas of Mars. Then to the Crocodiles. Black Stars in the middle of the park. Plays it to the right flank. Let's see if Harambe Stars can play across. Beautiful pass to Chipolo Polo. Africa wins a free kick in a superb scoring position. Super Eagles, Warriors of Zim, Uganda Crane standing together. Red Devils of Egypt in the mix. He takes a shot. 1-0. Africa is leading. This is Africa at Play with sport from an African perspective. Live every Saturday and Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central African time on DSTV Audio Bouquet, Channel 802 or stream live on channelafrica.co.za, Africa at Play. Live Well is a show focused on the health of all Africans. From mental to sexual health, diseases to exercise, we discuss all things healthy and holistic African living. So let's talk. Debate and motivate with Live Well, Mondays 10 a.m. CAT on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Welcome back. You're still listening to African Dialogue. A reminder that in 10 minutes' time, 
We're going to get an update from the Econ Desk, followed by the Sports News and Africa Middays coming up at the top of the hour. Well, I'm in conversation with Isabel Bosman. She's a researcher in the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute for International Affairs, as well as Andulam Sesei Gesese. He's an independent journalist based in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. We're looking at um, the Ethiopian elections that were held yesterday, and we're just trying to take the conversation forward as we try and wrap it up. Andulem, now, how will the situation be handled with the, the those regions that were not able to vote? Uh, as I heard from the Electoral Board uh, Commission head yesterday, uh, uh, there are two uh, plans. The first plan is to uh, schedule for those areas which didn't elect. They will be electing around September. And for those who uh, uh, who didn't uh, elect the yesterday because of the shortage of ballot papers, they will be electing. Some areas will be electing today, voting today, and the other areas will be voting over the coming days. So this is what is planned. And this, uh, with regard to the areas like Tigray region or Somali region, and uh, region which also didn't vote uh, their, uh, their, the, the, the election will be held uh, uh, as soon as the uh, peace and stability especially in Tigray is restored with regard with the Harari and Somali region I think uh, there is no uh, security issue uh, the reason it was postponed is uh, uh, because of the logistics and the areas that cannot be handled uh, by the electoral commission uh, altogether with the other. So this is what uh, uh, is expected. Uh, and uh, this is not for the first time. If you remember in 2005 election, uh, some areas, especially the Somali region, the Giga area, have not been able because of the security reason. They also voted in another time. And uh, in Addis also, uh, it was postponed by one year. Uh, because of the aftermath of 2005 election, where uh, some 200 people have been uh, were shot uh, while protesting, not accepting the result. So this uh, 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 having election for a separate uh, area in a separate time is not uh, the first thing uh, which is happening in Ethiopia. It has been done previously a couple of times. Mm. So this is what I can say. Mm. Uh- Isabel, in a situation uh, like this where we haven't seen other regions being able to vote and, uh, you know, vote counting might be affected and the announcement of, of the results may be, can we, may be affected, what, what, what is the way forward? I mean, are we likely to see a delay in the announcement of the results? Uh, I, I don't think there will be. I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, uh, no, that's okay. that's fine. Go ahead, Andilem. Yeah. Isabel will will come after you. Okay, okay. Uh, I think the maximum date uh, set uh, to announce the result is ten days. Mm. So probably uh, there will be no uh, delayed announcements uh, for those already who which already have done their election, including the the areas which will be voting today. Mm. So I don't think the, there will be uh, a delayed announcement date by the National Electoral Board. Mm. But if there are discrepancies someplace here and there, probably there will be re-election or some places. So that may delay the results for those areas. Mm.
Okay. Uh, Isabel? I think uh, most of the important things um, were touched on there um, in, in, in the case of discrepancies. Um, I think re-elections would be the way forward. Um, in, in terms of election results, um, as far as I know, the maximum uh, time um, with, within which to announce is, is 10 days. But then, of course, we have the situation where essentially there's this pause um, in the election. Um, and then um, what happens in between and what happens after those constituencies uh, that are currently excluded um, vote is, uh, I think, rather an open question um, at the moment, whether those uh, parties who have boycotted mm. um, yesterday's round will then stand, um, or if they will be announced, I'm not sure on that, but I think that is something that um, significantly complicates um, uh, all of this. And then, of course, we have to also ask what happens in, um, in, in, in those regions where we might see a change uh, in party, will that transfer be peaceful? And that will overall determine um, the, the level of democracy, whether this was, in fact, uh, democratic. Given that uh, explanation, Isabel, are we likely to see the Prime Minister's party cementing its hold on power? Um, that has been, been thrown around um, quite a lot, and I think it uh, it is a fair assessment. Um, Tigray region, for me, certainly being one of the biggest indicators. Um, so even uh, when the conflict ends, um, the damage is done. Uh, basically, the uh, TPLF government um, uh, has a relatively low uh, opinion of the federal government um, after after recent events and uh, holding up from the involvement of the EPRDF. Um, and then the current Prosperity Party administration in Tigray, of course, is there with, without consent, um, so to speak. They were not elected to be there. Um, they have been uh, for what has been described as uh, peace reasons uh, imposed upon the region and with election uh, elections office is not open no elections there at the moment um we need to watch out for some repressive and uh, authoritarian tendencies i would say any closing remarks uh, isabel before i go to andela um yes i think just to say that uh, it is not uh wise um, to judge the uh, uh, quality of a country's democracy solely by what's happened on election day. Mm. Uh, we need to look at the events leading up to election day and what will happen in the coming weeks and even months will give us uh, a clear assessment on what, uh, what current events mean for Ethiopian democracy going forward. Mm. Andy Lam, what are your uh, closing sentiments there, especially looking at Ethiopia post this very important election, as, as Isabel is, is saying? Okay, there are a few things I would like to say. The first one is that uh, this election is being held 
following the popular protest against the ruling coalition, which claimed to uh, control 99% of the parliament seats. Uh, this shows you there was no democracy before this election, to be honest. So what is uh, now we are seeing is that the beginning of a democratic, which is, I think, is the first step for the democratization process. The other issue from this, after this election, what is expected is that uh, the past three decades of the dominance of TPLF was uh, a new constitution which is introduced by the TPLF after they came to power through armed struggle. That constitution is designed by divide and rule and ethnically, uh, uh, ethnic uh, based constitution and created ethnic based uh, region in Ethiopia. So these two factors are likely to be changed after this result. The reason I'm saying this is that uh, if you see the top three or four uh, contenders in this election, uh, there are no extreme uh, ethnic, ethno political parties like OLF or whatever uh, you call it, or NLF or the other whatever you call it. So they voluntarily boycotted and left the uh, playing ground. So they don't have any reason now to come after the election and say this vote is uh, rigged or whatever they, they have excuse. But what we are for certain is that we see is there are there will be much opposition within the parliament, unlike the previous parliament. Uh, we probably see 30, 40 percent probably, but uh, I don't think that uh, the ruling party will lose in this election. The reason I'm saying is that it has been on power and uh, some of the systems is designed by its uh, predecessor, EPRDF, which they uh, inherited partly the techniques and uh, they know how to win the election. And even they don't, uh, without uh, cheating, they have presence in almost all uh, polling areas. They, con they have contenders or uh, they have participants okay. uh, in those areas. Okay. When you see that, there is likely that they will secure 50 plus one vote without even rigging this election. Okay. But also at the same time, the opposition, which is Izema, has also the second largest in terms of uh, having participants in different parts of the country. So probably that is also or help uh, the democratization process to have more opposition voices. There are also independent individuals who are running the special okay. I have to interrupt you, Andula. I'm, I'm out of time. I have to. Re All I right, have to. Right. Yes, yes. I'm a minute over time. But thank you. It's definitely an important conversation about Ethiopia, and we should have a take two once the election results are, are announced. There. Thank you for your time, as always, Andulam Sesekesese. He's an independent journalist based in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, as well as yourself, Isabel Bosman. Researcher in the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the South African Institute for International Affairs. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.